everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where my commute today was even shorter than last week. That's because I think the world is still half asleep. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. Welcome back to Nachum. I hope to bring you a little craziness out of my life and remind you that your life is not nearly as crazy as mine. Coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side, I'm joined by Danny behind the board, Boker Tov to Danny and Boker Tov to Avrami. He's around here somewhere. We thank them both for being in today. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you are a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. Please follow us on Twitter, Nachum Siegel Net, all one word. You can also follow me, Miriam L. Wallach. All one word as well. Personal request, by the way, please sponsor me as a runner for Team Yachad. I know it's January 1st, and all of your tax donations were in by midnight last night, or I should say midnight this morning. But nevertheless, please donate what you can. You can go to teamyachad.com. You can search my name. You can also search Team Wallach. I am running with my eldest daughter. You can put our names into the search engine. Give what you can. All donations are truly accepted and truly appreciated. My training is going well, folks. I have the sore muscles to prove it. I am krachzing as I go in and out of the subway station. They they seem to be adding more steps out of the F station here on Delancey. I, I am, uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty old. I'm, free, I'm feeling pretty old every time I get out of the subway. It's, uh, <laughs> it's killing me. But I did 12 miles on Sunday, and thank God I'm feeling pretty good besides the soreness. But the soreness is normal, and it is for a good cause. So please do me a favor. Go to teamyachad.com. All donations, obviously, go to Yachad. Fortune cookie, folks. I'm not eating it because it's a Sarabateves, but I'm definitely opening it. I need some good fortune on the first day of the new year of this Gregorian calendar. Here we go. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Shkayach. This is what I get on January 1st? Holy cow. That's so bad. This is it? Confucius, you let me down. All right. So it is a Sarabateves, and uh, the fast ends pretty early today. By the time the show is over, I could take a nap, wake up, and... Basically, Dava Mincha. It's also Commitment Day. Not sure what that means. It's Ellis Island Day. It is New Year's Day here, if you are following the Gregorian calendar. Otherwise, New Year's, as we like to say, is in September. And it's Polar Bear Plunge Day. You know those crazy people who go into the water off of Coning Island and other really, really, really cold places? Um, they do that today. I still haven't figured out. I did some research. I still haven't figured out why Dafka it has to be January 1st, but that's the shtick. And actually, I saw this terrible picture, Danny, and I'm not going to ask you to comment on it because, well, the mic isn't in front of you. But I saw this crazy picture of these people in the water with chunks of ice on the water. I'm like, dude, get out. I don't know. <laughs> why are they doing that? All right. And the Rose Bowl game is played today. And for those of you who are football fans, that is obviously a big deal. Danny is nodding because in St. Louis, they are football fans. You know why? Because that's all that's got going on there in St. Louis. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Anyway, we obviously have a short show today. And my closing song today is a throwback Thursday moment. I don't usually do that, but I stumbled upon this song in my iTunes library and decided to give it a whirl, and that is going to take a good couple of minutes. So, without further ado, I would like to introduce my first guest. Miriam Mark is a returning guest here at That's Life. She's the blogger at Miriam at sorry at markmiriamsword.blogspot.com. She's the mother of four now. The last time we spoke to her, she was the mother of three. She's now the mother of four, whose eldest child is a child with special needs. She also works full-time, multitasks like it's nobody's business, and lives in Los Angeles. Very good morning, Miriam. 
Good morning, Miriam. How are you? <laughs> I am well. I imagine that if we hear some cooing in the background, it might be uh, the the uh, an example of your multitasking at this hour in the morning. Yes, I will imagine that you will hear some cooing. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, first of all, a mazel tov to you, because the last time we spoke to you and the last time you joined us on the air, you were still the mother of three. Yes, and now I'm the mother of four, two boys and two girls. Very, very nice. So mazal tov to that. And that actually speaks to one of the reasons that I wanted to invite you on, besides the fact that you haven't joined us in a while, and I wanted to talk to you about um, the transition of bringing home a new baby. And obviously, every family transitions differently, and bringing a, a newborn into a home it has its complexities. But I definitely wanted to speak to you about it in terms of your son, Yonatan, your child with special needs, and integrating uh, the baby into the home and, and talking about all of that. But I do want to rewind a little bit because I did take a couple of moments this morning to review a couple of your blog posts, some of which are just, I should say, all of which make me say impossible, make me say she's got to be making this up, even though I know that you're not. So for those you of know, you... know, a friend of mine yeah. um, recently told me that every time she reads my blog, she wonders how is it possible that I'm not either a druggie, a drunk, <laughs> or have an eating disorder. And I thought it was the line of the year. Yeah, I would. Um, I'm up there with that. I wonder that as well. But for those of you not keeping track at home, Miriam's eldest son, Yonatan, now wears a GPS device. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about that because clearly that is unusual, and there was certainly at least one story that um, that that made you have to order a GPS device and put it on your son. So if we rewind to March, March, um, I became pregnant with my daughter. I have very difficult pregnancies. Uh, the first trimester, I have a condition called hyperemesis, uh, made famous by Princess Kate, um, <laughs> for which I suffered well before she did. Um, and it, 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 I'm bedridden, essentially, for three months. Um, and totally out of commission, which makes it very challenging uh, in my home, as you can imagine, because my husband essentially becomes a single parent, which is difficult for anyone, but especially when you have a child with special needs. Um, So uh, my illness kind of was still going on, and it was Pesach. My mother had come in to help out um, with me and took me and my two, at the time, younger kids to Israel um, for the two weeks preceding Pesach, and... Um, through Pesach, my husband was going to meet us with my oldest son. Um, I started to turn the corner and get better just around when Yantif was starting. Um, so I was up on my feet again, but still pretty weak and not entirely myself. Um, when we go to Israel, we stay with my parents. I live in Jerusalem, and they live in um, a complex of houses with an interior courtyard, which is not locked to the street, um, but generally, my oldest knows he's allowed to play there. He, you know, fancies himself a mailman, so he likes to deliver mail to all the neighbors. He's uh, become best friends with all the neighbors. He's figured out how to can, con them out of all of their candy and junk <laughs> and chocolate and ice pops and whatever. Um, and he spends a good amount of time playing out front. Um, and we check on him, and he knows he's not allowed to go down to the street. Um, my parents live right off of Amy Crafame, which is a very, very busy street. Right. Um, and a major hub for buses. And my son has become very enamored over the last year by city buses. And him and my husband every Sunday take the big blue bus in L.A. Um, and when he's in Israel, he goes on the Egged bus um, accompanied. Right. Um, and he'll go two or three times a day, and he knows the routes, and he goes to Machana Yehuda, and he loves to go to Ben Yehuda, and 
kind of an activity that we started for him. Okay. Um, so my son was playing in the front, and my husband um, had checked on him, and it was my turn to check, and I was not feeling great and kind of a little lazy, and I didn't. Um, and then I looked at my husband, and I said, hey, when was the last time you heard or saw Yonatan? He said, I don't know, it's been a while. Um, we went outside, we started looking in the courtyard, nowhere. We looked all over the house. We looked uh, at all the neighbors. We ran down the block. My aunt and uncle live around the corner. He likes to go there. He wasn't there. We ran to the McCullough on the corner, which was his mainstay. Um, and they hadn't seen him. And we couldn't figure out where he could be. And I looked at my husband and I said, we have to call the police. And he said, no, no, not yet. I said, no, I'm telling you, he's in none of his places. Something's wrong. Um, that moment for any parent when you have to call your police cause your ch- the police because your child is missing is horrible, but when it's a child with special needs in a foreign country who doesn't speak the language, um, and if you said to him, where do you live, he would just say, oh, man, Poppy's house, oh. was very, very, very frightening. And I was in a very weakened condition, um, still hooked up to a medication pump, barely able to eat, barely able to stand. Um, so long story short, the police did locate him. He had gone out of the house to the corner of Amicrafaim, to the bus stop, gotten on a bus, when the bus driver noticed that he was on the bus, he pulled the bus over, evacuated the entire bus, asked the child, you know, what are you doing here? He said, oh, I'm on the 18 bus. I'm going to Machina Yuda. My son knew exactly what he was doing. He was not lost. We just lost him. Um, and he called over a police officer. We had an APB out at this point, or I guess the Israeli version of APB. The, and, right, the, the Israeli version or equivalent of like an Amber Alert kind of a thing. Exactly. Right. And um, they found him, and he was about a 15, 20-minute walk from my parents' house, so a 10-minute bus ride. But he must have been gone about, the whole episode was probably an hour and 45 minutes, but felt like, you know, six years. Right. Um, My son is insanely clever um, and sneaky, and he actually walked through a neighboring complex around the corner and up the block oh my word. so as not to be seen by the Makola man who surely would have recognized him oh my word. and called us, which oh he's done word. in the past. So in the end, my son is brilliant. Right. He was furious when we found him because we interrupted his trip <laughs> to Mahana Yehuda. We punished him in a big way. Right, I imagine. Um, and realized, although we had been talking about a GPS device for a while, the time had come to actually implemented GPS device. Yeah. Um, fast forward, we came home, and when we were home, um, we were already had one on order. Um, we were actually working with an Israeli company called AngelSense, um, and they're piloting a GPS device, and it was on order, and it was due to arrive. Are they piloting, um, sorry, are they piloting a GPS device for children with special needs, for elderly, or just like Common. It's for children with special needs, although it does have other purposes. Uh-huh. Um, the the founders of the company are Israeli. One of the founders actually has a son with autism who's about 17 or 18. <clears throat> it's actually much more than just a GPS device. The GPS is one piece of it. It's a listening device so you can listen in and understand what's going on during your kid's day. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of these kids are nonverbal, so they come home, they're agitated, you don't know why. Now you can listen and understand if, you know, a teacher wow. or an aide or someone is not treating them well. Um, it tracks the movements that alerts you every time the child comes or goes. Um, it, I mean, we had an incident recently where we got the alert that he's left the house to get on the school bus, which obviously we know we put him on the school bus, but we never got an alert that he arrived at school. Uh, we turned on the map and we saw that he was sitting someplace for over an hour and a half. The school (gasps) bus had been in an accident. They didn't tell us. Oh my word. Someone called us 
And thank God no one was hurt, and it was just more of a procedural thing, waiting for the police and filling out a report, but we had no idea. Um, For us, the key piece of this device is what they call the runner mode, which is that when the child goes missing, you can click on a runner mode, and the GPS begins updating every second, as opposed to every, you know, few minutes, which is what a GPS device usually does to conserve battery. Um, Once we had been back in Los Angeles, we had another incident where our son slipped through our side gate. We, we thought our house was Fort Knox, and he couldn't get in or out. We have a double-sided combination lock on the front door, and we didn't worry ever about him getting out of our house. We didn't realize there was like a three- to four-inch gap between our fence and our neighbor's wall, um, and he slipped out of it. And one Shabbos afternoon, I was not home. I came home. My husband was taking a nap. Our son was playing in the backyard. And I don't know what made me look, but I went outside, and I couldn't find him anywhere. Because usually I don't, you know, keep a close eye in the house because our house is a safe haven. Um, I woke up my husband quickly. We went running outside, charging down the block. We live next to a very busy street called Robertson Boulevard in L.A., um, and we found our son across the street. (laughs) There's a crosswalk, but no light, um, waiting for the bus (laughs) because that's his favorite thing. Um, You know, so that was a whole different story because that was on Shabbos, and, you know, we wouldn't necessarily – we didn't have the GPS in hand yet, but – We might not have at that point even let him wear it on Shabbos. Obviously, things have changed since then. Right. Um, But, you know, after that. How did you think to find him on on Robertson? (laughs) I didn't. We ran out the front door. We looked to the left or right. We didn't see him. My husband started to go towards the left because that was the more dangerous point when a woman in a Lexus pulled up and said, you're the parents of the blonde boy, right? And we said, yeah. And she said, I just saw him crossing the street. Oh, my word. And when I saw her the next day and asked her how did she know we were his parents, she said, oh, I know him. He delivers the mail on my block all the time. I live around the corner. <laughs> so, <laughs> all of our neighbors know our son. He's famous. <laughs> well, it takes a village, doesn't it? It takes a village, yes. It takes a village. You know, it's it's interesting. There are so many misconceptions that people have about about adults with special needs or children with special needs. Um, and one of which is that their special needs impacts on their intelligence. And all of your stories speak to the fact that Yonatan is incredibly bright. And as you say, incredibly sneaky, but yes. incredibly, incredibly bright in terms of just how he how he navigates the world and how he gets around his parents, just like any other kid, and how he knows where he's going. You know... He cannot read or write. Well, he can read a little bit, um, and he can write a little bit. Um, he is not, you know, growing up in New York, you always say about New Yorkers, they're street smart, right? Right. I would not say my son is book smart, uh, but he is incredibly street smart, and he is a master manipulator. <laughs> he just is. And it's you don't expect it, and that's, I think, why it's so powerful, is people, like you said, expect him to be dumb. And then they don't realize that they're just falling for a trap. <laughs> and and he can get anyone. It's unbelievable. Yes. I, I um, it, just your stories and your blogs. It's just an incredible, incredible read, one after another after another. And I know that you had lamented that you didn't write over the summer, you didn't blog over the summer when there were so many happy spots and, and, and his time in Camp Hask was incredible, et cetera, and that the time you blogged afterwards, it was because something had gone wrong and and you talked about, you know, your physical limitations having been eight months pregnant at the time of that blog and yeah. um, having to sometimes be physical with your child, which is a very unfortunate reality. Um, and the um, 
inconvenience, shall we say, to put it to to put a tongue in cheek, of the size of your belly. <laughs> As- <laughs> and it was large. <laughs> you know, you um, every family makes a lot of plans and decisions in life, right? Nobody, you know, decides to have a baby lightly. Nobody um, decides, you know, what school they're going to put their kids in, whatever it is. Every, every uh, parents make a lot of decisions. Right. Um, and it, whether you have a special needs child or not, when you have a special needs child or when you have something so all-encompassing in your life, every decision is that much more um, thought through mm. but also impactful. Mm. Um, you know, I, I come from a big family. I always really wanted a big family. Um, my husband and I have always a, dis- a difference of opinion on what the hard part is. For me, the hard part is the pregnancy because I'm very ill and then I'm very large. Um, and it's difficult in that nine-month period to manage my son. My husband always laughs at me. He goes, that's nine months. <laughs> Think about the rest <laughs> of our lives where we then, you know, have another child to watch after. Um, in that moment, that day, and it's not just one moment, one day, as I was struggling with my son because he is very big and very strong, and I would say stronger than me at this point, and I needed to restrain him on a street corner mm. for his own safety, and I was really, really big, I, I thought to myself, maybe this is irresponsible mm. because this is not safe for the baby. This is not safe for my son because I weigh you know, an additional 35 pounds and I'm sitting on him. Um, and was this irresponsible? Right. And it was a very frightening moment. Um, you know, it passed because I managed to restrain him. Baby is fine. My son is fine. Everything's fine. But but it was a moment. Really, it was a moment. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't one that I didn't think about before, but it was the first time I actually really lived it. So had so how was bringing home this child? Or I shouldn't I shouldn't make that assumption. Was bringing home this baby different? Um, than than other times? Was it a different transition for Yonatan than as he's getting older, becoming more aware, more knowledgeable, you know, just getting older? Was it different this time than the other ones? Um, okay, so I'll admit that I can't entirely remember the other ones. I do remember <laughs> that when I brought back my brought home my second son, I was very worried about how Yonatan would be with the baby. I was worried that, you know, he's very impulsive, my son, so I worried that he would topple over the car seat on the table or that he wouldn't know how to be gentle. And I remember it it was fine. So I'm not sure that I worried much when I brought home my third child. And I don't think I worried overly much about um, how Yonatan would react to a new baby. To be honest with you, he is the most gentle Mm. of my children with her. He's madly in love with her. He is wonderful with her. He loves her. He likes, he knows to be gentle. He likes to hold her. Um, He's wonderful with her. And you wouldn't necessarily expect it. Um, you, I either expected that she just wouldn't be on his radar okay. or that he would be not um, rough in a trying to hurt her right, way, but right. in a I don't know how to be gentle way. Um, but that was not at all the case. I think that um, what, sorry, that's my baby. I think that what made um, it challenging was we had a crazy medical incident with Jonathan, as we have sometimes, um, right after the baby was born. You know, I, I, um, when, while I was ill, you know, the first person you call when you find out you're pregnant is not your husband, right? It should be the baby nurse. And that's what I did, right? <laughs> found out I was pregnant, emailed the baby nurse, booked her. I was very, very sick at the time when I booked her. So in my state of being so ill and recognizing how difficult things were with Yonatan, I 
decided I'm going to book her for two months, which probably if I had been Copas Mentis may not have booked her for so long. Um, when I was coming home, you know, you have a baby and you're in this cocoon in the hospital, just right. you and the baby and everything's perfect and everything's lovely, you know, other than the fact that you're in a hospital bed and you're not in your own bed. But as I'm driving home from the hospital with my newborn baby, I thought to myself, Miriam, a little excessive, don't you think, <laughs> booking a baby nurse for two months? What were you thinking? And I actually had a pit in my stomach. Like I felt uncomfortable about it. Um, two weeks later, we were in the ER with Yonatan, and he was hospitalized for two nights. Thank God everything is fine. It was just one of these weird, strange things that happened with Yonatan. Um, the baby was not gaining weight at the beginning, so she needed to be awakened every two and a half to three hours to be fed. And I was in a hospital sitting on a dirty hospital floor pumping, thinking to myself, what would I do if I didn't have this baby nurse? Right. Um, and that's the juggling part. That's the part that is tricky when you bring home a newborn baby. There's so many unknowns as a, when you're a parent in general, but when you're a parent of a child with special needs, the unknowns just happen way more often. Mm. Um, and so the first month of this baby's life was crazy. Mm. And it was, that's the struggle, I think, more than worrying about, you know, how Jonathan will react to a baby. So in the couple of minutes that we have left, for the parents of a child with special needs who are, you know, contemplating that next pregnancy, and um, what are your words of advice? You know, people decide how many children to have for a myriad of reasons. Yeshiva day school tuition, right? Um, right? That's the first one that comes to mind. Exactly. You know, people have a nickname a for people, yeshiva tuition. Well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of people say to me, you know, oh, will I be able to love all my kids? I mean, mm. I'm one of seven. I don't think I ever thought, oh, my parents don't have time to love me or love anyone else. I always say, I don't, I don't decide based on that. I just want to have children. I have them. And I figure I'll figure it out. I, um, I feel very strongly, and I sometimes hesitate to say this out loud, and this is a very public forum, but... I never want to look back, and I always think about this in everything I do, in when I'm, I don't know, 60, 70, 120, whatever the number is, and say every single decision in my life was guided by the fact that I have a child with special mm. needs, and I didn't get to live the life that I wanted to. Wow. And, I, and that's, that's a fear that I have. Yes, I have to make a lot of allowances in my life, and I have to do a lot of adapting, but I don't want to look back and say, I didn't have kids because of that. I also think it's really important for children with special needs to have lots of siblings because mm. one day I will die and they will be responsible for their brother. <laughs> and it's hard for that to fall on just one or two kids, I think. Wow. Miriam, Mark, you are more incredible every time I speak to you. I just, um, it's a lot of life lesson. It's a lot of life lessons. And um, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing, first of all, for blogging, because there are plenty of people who just and and I read the comments. I read the comments on 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 your blogs and and on your posts. Just the chizuk that people feel and the camaraderie and just the the relief that people feel just by reading what you've written really gives a lot of strength to other people. And also just sharing your story and um, and being so thankfully level headed about it. You just um, you really you really are an inspiration. So I thank you as always for joining me. And thank you. I hope what you're saying is true because I really do it for myself. The blogging. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't well, really know if it helps anyone, but it's good sometimes to put it down on paper. I'm not going to lie. I I can only imagine that it is. You can follow Miriam at Mark Miriam's Word dot blogspot dot com Miriam Mark as always. Thanks for joining me here at That's Life. I hope you will join me again, and I hope you will blog again soon. Well, I'm sure we'll have some crazy moments that I want to share. <laughs> well, I hope there are no crazy moments, but you decide to blog anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, Mary. Take care. Have a great day.
You too. Bye You've bye. been listening to that live here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's go through the day so you know what not to miss. Coming up right after that's life is the live lunch hosted by Nachum here at NachumSiegel.com. Then at 1 p.m. it's the stunt show hosted by Gorf. You never want to miss that because you know that Gorf has got crazy things going on. You don't want to miss his show. Pulling up in the back, if you can hear it, coming up. There we thank you, Danny. There we go. That is my this is my throwback Thursday moment, guys. If you haven't figured out yet the opening bars to that song, it's Someday by Mordechai Ben David. Ah, you like that? It's it's that good Thursday feel. Anyway, Michael Fragan and Spin Class are scheduled to return, please God, next week with a new episode because it is a fresh year of political craziness. Tomorrow morning, Nahum from six to nine as he hosts JM and AM live here on the stream, NahumSiegel.com. And 91.1 FM. Tomorrow morning, Naomi has a full lineup at 9 a.m. with Table for Two. She's joined by my buddy, Jesse Blonder from the CKCA, along with a recent graduate of their program. Sounds like there's going to be a cooking demo here in the studio. You don't want to miss that. A Rummy host Saturday Night Seagull this Saturday night, starting at 10 p.m. And Sunday morning, JM Sunday with Montes from 7 to 9. Again, we're going to listen to this song the whole way through. It's a TBT favorite, Someday, by Mordechai Ben David. An oldie but a goodie. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. So many tears, so much sorrow. The pain has lasted thousands of years. But soon will stop crying. The cruelty will end. The Melechamoshi.
Shalom. Bezras Hashem.